This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Jerry Carter, the founder of Carter Enterprises, Carter Release Aids, been in the game for multiple decades has probably invented a lot of stuff that we use today in the archery world when it comes to handheld and index hinge releases, all sorts of thumb barrels. This is a living legend, honestly. Uh, I'm super excited to bring this to you guys. I don't even know how old Jerry is, but he's no spring chicken, but uh, he's got it all together, super sharp, very dialed. It's an honor to sit down with him and record this podcast and bring it to you guys if you're a history buff. When it comes to archery, this guy has innovated and paved a pathway for all of us, and I am honored, Jerry, that you sat down with me. So, guys, without further ado, this is Jerry Carter, and you're listening to the Elk Shea Podcast. Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast Season 6 with your host, Dan the Fitness Man. Thank you for tuning in. We are excited to have you. This is the podcast that is dedicated to hard work, disciplined decisions, and year-round training in the pursuit of the best possible version of ourselves. We leverage elk hunting to create a pathway. We understand that time is finite and we cannot squander a second. We must be leaders at our home. We understand that faith is our number one priority. Then family, then fitness, then health, then wealth. Our year-round disciplined decisions help us leave a legacy for our family to follow. You will leave here motivated, inspired, and educated. We bring on a wide variety of guests subject matter experts so that you can tune in get what you need to get and continue on your journey we are blessed to call ourselves elk hunters season six here we go guys welcome to the elk shape podcast uh we're in southeast idaho kicking it with uh a legend jerry carter how are you (laughs) a legend in my own mind yeah that's what your wife would probably say right 
Yeah, she probably wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for letting me tour your little factory and get to know your staff. You got a small, cool little team going there. How long have you guys been in business? Well, I've been making releases since the late 60s. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. Whatever you see out there is usually a copy of one of mine that I've either discontinued or that they're making now. I invented the first wrist strap. You're kidding me. No. Keith Barner was a friend of mine. He, he gave me one of his concho releases, and uh, I took it home, and I didn't like the concho very well, so I I uh, had a belt, and I cut a hole in it and put his strap or put the strap on it, and uh, I went to shoot the sectionals at Kalispell, Montana, and he was up there shooting. And uh, I said, Keith, look what I did to your release. And he says, Jerry, that's a great idea. You mind if I use it? I said, nah, go ahead. <laughs> and <laughs> 20 years later, I got a cease and desist for one of the wrist straps I was making from Bill Scott. And I said, Bill, you know, rather than argue with you, why don't you just make uh, straps for me? He said, okay. So... And he doesn't, uh, Scott's not even in the game anymore, are they? Well, they they sold out, and uh, Bill Scott's son-in-law is, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, B3. Owns, owns B3. But Scott is still active. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, outdoor group. So, anyway. Okay. Yeah. So, you've been in the game a while. I have, and uh, I never did like just the regular hooks that you had to... Uh, that that's all that was legal when I started shooting a release. So the minute I heard that trigger releases were legal, I was shooting a tournament in in uh, Preston, Idaho, and they said that they were legal. And I went home and I worked all night, made me my first trigger release, and went back down and won the tournament with it. And the uh, guy says, "Can I see that?" And I said, "Sure." Well, that release came out <laughs> later on. I won't say who made it, but it, it came out, and they did well with it. Okay, so, so far, we've had um, a guy getting his ideas kind of... If anyone asked to see your next release, you probably shouldn't show me. Oh, no, I... <laughs> I'm joking. I, uh, I feel like the archery industry has done really good for me, so... Yeah, I don't mind them taking a few of my ideas and mm -hmm. and going running with them. Do you have an engineering background? No, really. <laughs> I I don't read very good, so when I close my eyes, I see pictures, and I see all my releases before I ever go to making them. It I used to go for drives and plan what I was making on my next release. And I got closing my eyes and I ran off the road, so I don't do that anymore. I believe you. Yeah, that's great. Uh, well, you have a beautiful place here in Idaho. How long have you been an Idaho resident? All my life. Really? Mm -hmm. Born and raised here in St. Yeah, Anthony? Rexburg. Rexburg guy? Okay. And uh, I I built this one to match the old ledger release that uh, Pete Shepley made. And then I made it the first double sear release that uh, 
was made. And it's just incredible, the trigger on this thing. So this is like one of your first release aids you ever made? Yeah, this is pretty much the first production one I made. I made them all by hand, so. Oh, it is very light. Wow. I used to make them so light that you couldn't cock them with the weight on the trigger. The weight of the trigger would actually set it off. And I built that so that would go right in the right in the uh, crease in your thumb. And then I'd stand there until it went off. Then I got out of making releases for an archery for quite a few years. I had an automotive machine shop. And okay. I poured blocks and did valve jobs and ground crankshafts and stuff like that. Then I decided I would get back into it. So I made a, a release that was kind of like the old failsafe. Lloyd Napier was a friend of mine, but... I made this one out with a guy in Teton, which is over here about five or six miles. And uh, this was just an incredible release. I, I'm, a, I'm a trigger man. Why don't you make this one anymore? This one's pretty slick. <laughs> oh, I make them as good as that. Yeah. Anymore. But this this took a lot of, a lot of handwork. And I made... How many what was did this I one make? called? 20 of them and took them down to Vegas. And they were gone in the first hour. Oh, yeah. Nobody had ever seen anything like this. Well, hopefully you took some pre-orders while you were down there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was working about, I was working 24 hours a day, about uh, five days a week, and it almost killed me. So then I got a little help and stuff like that. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so I was first introduced to Carter probably shaking your son's hand forest. Uh, I had bought the, a couple of releases, and I don't know how we would got introduced. I think it was an archery trade show, but I'm not for sure. But I found out he was from Idaho, and we kind of hit it off. And he liked a little bit of heavy rock and roll and metal and, and asked me some fitness questions. I think I sent Forrest a couple workout programs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever did them. I never heard back from them, but uh, that's how I met them, and that's all I've known. Um, and then a couple years later, several years later, I saw that you guys started working with. Um, I'm a friends with John Dudley, and he sent me um, a backstrap release, and he wanted me to try it out. And I was like, "This looks like a Carter release." And then I started figuring out that the knock-on releases were really you guys are making those, and those have done extremely well. Yes, and I have. John. I do camps all over the country. I've done it for five and a half years. I'll have anywhere from 30 to 40 guys come to a camp to learn how to elk hunt. And the first thing we address is their target panic. And I'm telling you, for every three guys, someone's got a, a knock to it, which is pretty cool. And then, of course, the evolution. Um, is that what it's called? What's the one that Dudley makes that's the... T- yeah, Silverback, Tension Activated. Yeah, see a lot of those. That's you guys. Yeah. That's pretty cool. How's that worked out for you guys? Uh, it's not my favorite release, but it's a great release. We make a lot of them. A lot of them. Mm. You said something earlier today that I told you you're going to have to say on this podcast, and that's, uh, well, it's about this guy. What did you say? I said that this is the best release I've ever made. I feel they're 
There's just nothing like it. Okay, you got to say that one more time. This is for me. <laughs> this is probably the best release I have ever made in my life. It uh, works on magnets, has only one spring in it, and it's the most torque-free release of anything I've ever made. Where the where the jaw is situated, it's right over your middle finger, and when you pull that baby, it just it aligns so good. If you move your fingers, the jaw isn't really moving; it's staying in the same place. Oh wow! And then it's so easy to go from light to heavy. Uh, I love this thing. Yeah, it's pretty ingenious that you can carry with you the magnets and well, you can increase the poundage. Yeah, the magnets are have their own little storage spot right there. Yep. Davy showed you all of that. Yeah, I was really impressed. It When does this come nice. out? That's what the folks are going to want to know. Right now. Wow. Yep. Right now, you're getting the first batch. That's pretty exciting. And uh, I I put this uh, lever on there that's off the chocolate addiction so that you can put the barrel where, anywhere you want. Mm. And the adjusto trigger, that's what I call this, uh, that came from, I'm the one that invented it. Because there was a guy that worked at MIT, or he was a student at MIT, and he had some of my releases, and he didn't think I did a very good job of engineering it because I just took a dowel pin that was three-quarters of an inch long and forced it in there. And he broke his trigger trying to change it from right-handed to left-handed, and so I had to make something that even an engineer from MIT couldn't screw up. So I made the adjusto trigger. Yeah. And uh, I I was pretty proud of that. And, and now everybody makes it. Let's talk about naming these things because you guys have some incredible names. <laughs> and I got to know the secret sauce behind that. Like, And what is the favorite, your favorite one that you've named so far that you're like, that's the coolest name we've ever had come up with? Oh, I don't know. They did the names just come to me. It's like just because, and then there's that was from Dave Cousins. Okay, and we made the we were on a flight together coming back from a tournament in in uh, New York, and he was shooting the Target Three, and I said, Dave, let's make a release with your name on it, and we'll just call it the Just Cause. So. We took the target three and put a hole around it so that he could spin it. And if you watch, he spins it. And that's the only reason we put the hole on it. I've and literally said that to people that for the, I mean, I'd shoot the first choice, but I can't spin it. You know, that's. Yep. That, we're still, archers are silly. And Dave Cousins, by the way, those that you younger guys look him up. He's a legendary uh, tournament archer and, and bow hunter. Um, Speaking of bow hunting, how many years have you been bow hunting? Well, I hunt a place to take a nap now. <laughs> I, I, I'm done shooting anything, but uh, I absolutely love to go out and hear elk bugle. I, I've got my spots up on the Continental Divide that I can drive up there in the evening and... Uh, See anywhere from 500 to 
25 elk every night. And it's just, it's really fun to go up and listen to them bugle. And, and uh, I, I hunted quite a few years and I would, one of my things that I would do was I'd go climb a mountain and I would take a rock and put it in my pocket and bring it back down. And my kids had a collection of all the mountains I climbed because I'd bring back a rock from the top of them. Oh, that's special. Yeah. That's cool. Yesterday I was in some mountains in Montana and I told myself I was going to take a photo of every wildflower I came across. Well, dude, <laughs> there's a lot of them I didn't realize, but I'm going to send each one of them to my daughter. She's, uh, she's turning nine this weekend and, um, she does have a phone, don't judge me, but it does it's not like it ha- doesn't have cell service or anything like that, but she can get a text at least from me. And uh so I'm going to send her a text with like a little bouquet of all the wildflowers I picked, but I like that idea. Cuz you know when you're up there you're thinking about them too. I mean, yeah, you're elk hunting, sure. but you're thinking about their family. Well, as far as I'm concerned, that's God's temple. Uh there isn't a place that I'm more humble than in the redwoods. We uh, was left Redding one time instead of going back the way we normally drive back. We came back on through the redwoods and that and that that is the most serene place I've ever been in my life. Hmm. It just makes you humble to see those trees that have been around for a, a thousand years and what they've all seen in their lifetime, it just makes you very hmm. humble. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to check that box, but it's definitely just got bumped up. That's that's cool. Uh, Reading, that's a great tournament still to this day. They call it the Western Trail or whatever. Yes. Do you still go shoot that from time to time? I don't. It's too much for me to walk around there anymore. And uh, it's probably the most fun you can have with your clothes on. Really? Yeah, sell me on why I should go, because I've definitely thought about it. Well, you have targets from 6 feet to 101 yards. The famous elk, or is that the famous Sasquatch? Mm -hmm. That's that's not the elk. That's the Bigfoot. The Bigfoot, yeah. And we have always uh, sponsored, you get a 22 on Bigfoot, you get half off on our release. Oh. And uh, it's just a great, great shoot. It's... It's the best run shoot that I've ever been to in my life. I need to check that out. Uh, yeah, so basically you two arrows, and if you hit inside the orange, it's 11. Mm-hmm. So if you can double up at 101 on a Bigfoot, you get 50% off. You yep. guys still do that? Oh, do we still do that? <laughs> I don't know. That's a great idea. We did the last time Forrest went there, so I don't know. Yeah. And so you were probably – an archery manufacturer hitting the old archery tournament scene. Did you prefer IBO, ASA, indoor? No, no I started on on uh, 3D shooting. Okay. A friend of mine named Vic Erickson started the first 3D shoots there was around, and he would he would uh, draw the vitals on the animals that we were shooting at, and you'd have plus points and minus points. And the first tournament I went to. He scored a plus, I don't know, 30, and I scored a plus three. Ooh. And we were the only people in the plus column. 
so I kind of got hooked on tournaments. But I, I like the known yardages, and because when you go hunting, I always use a rangefinder. I don't like to make bad shots on animals, so I that's uh, field archery was my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. I love field archery. Yep. Okay. I have personally not been much into the tournament scene. I do think I might slip more into it, but the only reason I would do it is just to become a better bow hunter, right? And as a bow hunter, I'm always emulating target archers. Like, what what are their setups? What's their tuning? What's their latest tuning hacks and, and whatnot? When did you start working on your own equipment and learning how to, to really tune your own equipment? Day one. Day one. <laughs> it was all you. Yeah, we. I started before there was compounds. Right. And uh, the first compound that I ever saw was an Allen, and it was shot by a friend of mine that uh, uh, Don, can't remember his last name, but he was shooting a tournament at Toffus Park in Idaho Falls, and uh, Don Larson. And he won the tournament very easily because... And uh, I thought that was pretty neat. I was going to do my best to get a compound. And I would shoot the recurves until I had no feeling in my middle finger. (laughs) (laughs) So what was your first compound bow? (sighs) Probably a Carol. I've never heard of that one. Okay. Yeah, Carols were made in southern Utah. Okay. And uh, they they were a nice bow and then... And I got the Jennings, Tom Jennings build them. My friend Dean Pridgen, uh, I just talked to him the other day. He's 86 now, 86 or 87. And uh, he was, he and his wife have won more tournaments than any husband and wife ter- in the there is around. Wow. Do you have a bow that comes to mind as soon as I ask this question that was the most forgiving the most accurate or at least gave you the most confidence that maybe should have never gave away or put away somewhere I'm going to tell you right now every bow you shoot will shoot in the same hole forgiving is only from how steady you can hold it when the shot goes off the release Will make you a chump or a champ. Oh, good soundbite. And the relief is the most important part of your shooting. All the bows, Dean Pridgen used to tell me when he was the world champion and all of that, he, he used to tell me, he said, Jerry, there might be two or three points in tuning your bow. He said, but you got 10 in you. Hmm. So... <laughs> you're not wrong I, I really believe that well i have a couple of releases of yours on the table i'd love to get your a soundbite or your narration of how you designed it or what's your favorite thing about it or who it might be for uh, i've probably killed the most stuff with this guy right here yep that that's a real good release for sh- short draw lengths and you can cock it hook it on your string, set in your stand, 
and it's all ready to go. I love the short neck on it. I really do. And it's okay. And I'll, I'll tell you one of the best things that this release can do for you as well as this one. They can allow you to use a hair longer D-loop on your bow. If you have a short D-loop, like most people tie on, they torque the D-loop a little bit, and the strings, you're, what are you holding, six or seven pounds now? You watch the string, and it torques all over the place. So the longer D-loop you have on there, the more it doesn't, the le less it affects the string. So with a very short throat on them, that will allow you to put the longer D-loop on and get better accuracy because when you're back here, I don't care who you are, you do not have the same acre every time. It'd be nice if we did, but yep. if you have a beard, that'll get in the way of your string. Uh, whether you have it on your nose, this is something I see quite often, is when people put the string on their nose, you watch that string and it'll go just like that where their nose touches it. So another thing, they get in here and really get a solid anchor. Well, what if you turn your head a little bit? Then your anchor is different. So if you can have just a nice light touch on all of it, just something that tells you, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty close. And then center your peep. Mm-hmm. Don't look through the bottom of it or the top of it. Center your peep and use that for your anchor because if you torque your string, that will make a big difference on where you're hitting, especially at long ranges. I was going to say, that really shows up at like the total archery challenges when you don't really work that peep and centering it. You get exposed. John Dudley is one of the best long-range archers I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I watched him shoot a little cottontail at 110 yards rangefinder my friend jim bass says i'll give you 100 bucks if you can hit that rabbit hit the rabbit <laughs> about 10 minutes later here another rabbit comes out in the same spot jim says i got another 100 says you won't hit that one 110 yards. That's impressive. On, on a spot that big around. Now, I saw, I watched John miss a 3D rabbit. Um, we were shooting two different courses. This was at Big Sky, Montana, a couple weeks ago. And the only reason I bring this up is I have video of me calling him out. But I was like, jo John, didn't you just, I saw you miss that cottontail today. At, it was like an 80-yard shot. And it's, it's a tiny 3D target. And if you miss, they have it behind a bunch of boulders. So your arrow is going to be blown up. And uh, he was shooting with Jocko, if you know who Jocko is. No, I don't. And they shot, and I saw that Dod Dudley missed, and we were above. And I brought it to his attention um, when we were at the base of the mountain on camera. And, you know, he he's like, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I had to redeem myself. So I went back. I think he said he went back to 140 yards the next day and hit that thing twice. And, I mean, that's a shot most people can't make at 50. And so, yeah, he's an incredible um, he's, he's really good for archery uh, on the note of John Dudley. I think he's really done a lot for, especially new archers. I think he's done a bang up job and I love that you guys are partnered. Um, how did you get to know John? 
Oh, he used to, when he was a little snot-nosed kid, <laughs> We uh, I used to give him releases and just kind of mentor him a little bit. And, and uh, he went to work for Matthews, and we became friends a lot. And, and uh, he'd pal around with us when we'd go to shoots and shows and stuff like that. So yeah. He and then when he went out on his own, he became just an incredible promoter. There's none better than John Dudley for promoting products, and he is smart enough to to uh, develop very good products. It's awesome. So it's working well for both of you. That's awesome. What other what do you have to say about this release? Say this is the wise choice. I think this is one of your most popular SKUs. It is. It's uh, it's a good release. It cocks itself when you cock it. It closes the jaw when you cock it, and uh, it's just pretty nice for your hand. I'm actually going to make this in this handle oh really yep yeah we're drawing it right now what are you gonna call it uh no name i we haven't thought of a name yet i was she doesn't like to me to call one the whisper three or something no, like I'm that with, so. i vote with april <laughs> okay that's cool well i think that'd be a great idea because i do like the frame on this like it does i know a lot a lot of guys like the sway back and that's cool. I, I personally just love that. I'm, I'm interested in that for sure. Um, let's talk to our index folks here because I would say this is arguably the direction most new archers will end up is some sort of index. And uh, remember I told you I'd do these camps. A lot of these guys come in, and when they, wanna, when they want their shot to break, they rattlesnake. They load up that index finger, and it's pow. And we definitely do everything we can to mitigate that. I think this release head right here in your hand could be one of those that could really help people develop that true surprise release. Well, I made I made the like Mike for Michael Braden, and I wanted to change a few things on it, so we called this a like Mike too. And these they're both double sear releases. You cock it right here where your thumb is, and. Uh, it's kind of unique because that one piece has two sear points on it, one for the hook and one for the trigger. So it's it's pretty unique. It is. I don't remember where I thought of that, but but you stayed on the road. Hopefully, while you thought of it, you didn't drive. Uh, yeah, I I found it was safer if I just put my computer in my bedroom and then fiber optic network to the shop. So I can make my drawings there and just send them out there. It's safer. Okay, that's true. <laughs> um, with that release that we did today, we added an additional spring and a ball bearing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think a lot of folks even knew you could do that. They're going to know now once they see it on my uh, that YouTube video. But um, I'm not a fan of heavy triggers. You like them light? I like them light. Why would I want to ruin all my good work to make them as light as possible so that you can set them off with just a, a blink and ruin that release and make it heavy. Yeah. 
the where the heavy releases came from was D Wild when we were making releases with him. He's was, an Idaho guy, right? Right. Was to make them and Jeff Hopkins. He liked his really heavy, and uh, then Michael Braden liked his. So you can pull real hard on it. When I pull real hard on release, I start shaking. So I like them light. I've I've gone to every extreme, but uh, if I don't have something that's about an ounce, I think they're too heavy. Yeah. Well, I think everyone needs the option to be able to to go light, go super heavy, or middle of the road like myself. Um, and you guys did some changes that I found out today. So I bought a wise choice last year. Because I two is one. I always have two releases when I hunt. And I kill this antelope. And uh, do you want to stand, maybe sit back over there and kind of get both of us in this shot? I'll scoot up. So I shoot this antelope and I got it all dressed. And I'm, I got a long pack out and I'm going to throw it over my shoulder. Because the antelope don't weigh nothing. And, um, so I throw it over and I make it all the way back to my truck. And <laughs> I left my release somewhere in that three miles. And I, I didn't even go back and look for it, Jerry. I was like, but anyways, my point is I bought this new one and I wanted to match it to my, exactly to the same settings as my backup one. And it doesn't have a spot to like a, like a set screw on this one anymore. And I'm like, something's wrong with this one. And I didn't call you guys. I just monkeyed with it and figured out, I'm like, I think they just got rid of it. But I didn't know for sure, and I found out. I'm today years old when I found out you guys did get rid of that. When did that happen? Well, all the parts used to be hardened like this to about 60 Rockwell. And when they're hard at 60 Rockwell, they you can machine them close enough that the Siri edges, we had 6,000 Siri engagement. So I said... Why put a set screw on it? Let's just machine it so it has 6,000 sear engagement. And then this friend of mine says, oh, you got to put black nitride on them because that, that's real hard coating. Well, that didn't work out so good, and a lot of people were shooting their releases, and the nitride was coming off of them, and, and uh, they didn't have any engagement anymore. So... And when there's 60 Rockwells, the triggers used to break. Anytime you shoot them through the bow, the trigger's going to break. Right. If you drive your new Cadillac into a wall, you're going to break something. So I, myself, have never broken a trigger. Really? Never. I can't say I have either, and some of this release is pretty old. Uh, the one thing I would tell you is... You have hinges, thumb barrels or buttons and indexes. And we went through as many as we could today. And I'm like, my camera started overheating because we had gone through so many. And they got, and you come back and you telling me today that this is the best release you've ever made. And so I think we got to spend a little bit more time on this before. When, you said this is off your first production. This is going to be a hot ticket item for you. Who gets to sell these first? I know you have a lot of dealers. Me. Yay! <laughs> so you guys sell directly off your website? We we sell uh, right off the website. 
uh, they can order right off the website, I should say. Are we these open for pre-order right now? Yep. Oh, my gosh. I yep, did not we know just, that. Not e-commerce, she says. But uh, April's been cautious. Yes. About putting a whole bunch of product in stock and then not being able to sell them. People so, usually appreciate that. I think we only made uh, 50 large and 50 small Okay. for our initial run. And after shooting it, anybody I let shoot it, they've got to have one. Yep. So if people find out about it, we'll be out of those 50 in no time at all. How many can you guys make a day? I have no idea. Okay. Not enough. Not enough is the answer. Uh, and April's your wife. She helps you with the business. How, how she always been involved with the no, business? April, yes. April is the business. I'm just a, I'm the pretty face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pan the camera to April. <laughs> don't. Okay. Anyways, your wife's about ready to beat your butt. Uh, you don't know how long it takes to make one, but you are willing to do pre-orders online. Right. And you are willing to be the exclusive dealer at first. Which I think I totally respect, and I and I encourage that. Uh, the fact is, no, I I will let my dealers order, okay. pre-order them. I've gone around to several dealers now and say, hey, do you want to pre-order it, get on the bandwagon? Because right now we have two mil, three mills, just making these exclusively, because I, I can see what it's going to do. Yeah, honestly, the magnets to add. Everything, the, for me, a short draw guy, like this is going to be my go-to. I can't wait to shoot this. Uh, wait till you see what it does for you at long range. I'm interested. It's just, I mean, these guys are nice, but you have that little bit of torque mm -hmm. in your D-loop. Yeah. This and you're not going to have it. And it's so clean off of there. It's I'm... I'm really excited about that. And I've had that, that release for years in the three-finger version, like that one. Yeah. But uh, my son just didn't like it, and that's all right. So he never never pushed it at all. We have had less trouble with any repairs on, on the, that uh, Whisper 2 than, or with a Whisper than any release we've ever made. And if you get, if you hunt in Arizona, yep. someplace with uh, lots of iron in the, the ore, these magnets will collect iron ore. And then you might have a problem with them. So you push the magnets out, get a handy dandy spray can of air, blow it out. Maybe shoot a little WD in there, blow it out really good, put the magnets back in, good and you're go. on your way. Mm. And the nice thing about this one, it's really robust. <laughs> Let's talk about barrel, thumb barrels, and brass, and more grippy, gription. Um, I'm telling you as your new friend, I'd love to see you guys make something like this. Well. But you can be my truthful friend and tell me what you think about that idea. First of all, the brass brass is cool. Yeah, it's expensive. But, but uh, I feel if you have to 
If you have to get that good a hold on the barrel, your trigger is way too heavy. Fair. And when you have them heavy, when you have a big heavy bra uh, barrel on there, see, that would set off most of my releases. If you had that barrel on this release, you'd mm -hmm. never be able to cock it unless you did it like that. Right. And then when you was going for your face, it'd go off. Uh, yeah, that's hot. So, You're shooting real hot. I... I like uh, some of the uh, 3D printed. I know there's a lot of guys that are making 3D printed barrels. Yeah. And I I built that just just so people wouldn't be pounding my dowel pins in and out of a trigger without yeah. supporting it. Yeah. One guy was left-handed, and he took my release and set it on a table and pounded the pin through without supporting the trigger. And... Went out and went to shoot, and the release came back and hit him in the mouth. And he had rotten teeth, I guess, and it took some teeth out, and we actually got sued over it. Oh, you're kidding me. So that's me. when I made something that would just screw in there. How many times have you been sued, Jerry? Once. Once, okay. How many cease and desist have you gotten? One. Okay. That's the part oh, of the archery business. Two, I take that two. back, two, and the phone call took care of both of them. Yeah, that's right. You had to pick up the phone. What? What? So you've been in this archery business forever, like uh... full time in the late '80s. I was grinding a crankshaft, a 350 steel shaft for a friend of mine named Maury Allred, and uh, my crank grinder was getting old or something. All of a sudden, it jumped into the the crank, and I had to take another ten thousandths off of it. And it upset me so bad. I said, that's the last one I'm ever going to do. So I quit doing that and started doing this full time. Mm. Going all in, looking back, I mean, you said you worked 24 hours a day, probably quite literally, till it affected your health. Talk to some of my listeners who are entrepreneurial. I do have a lot of folks on here that do side hustles. I encourage side hustles. I want people to work for themselves. I want them to have the autonomy to go hunting or to spend more time with their family. I want them to work for themselves because if it makes sense for them, you're your best bet. What was your, like looking back, what was some of your best practices gambling on yourself and, and, and really just working for you? Well, when I had the automotive machine shop, we were always struggling to collect the bills and all of that stuff. So I started making releases, and we had more money than I could spend, so I'd buy a new machine, and then we'd get that paid for, and then we'd buy another machine, and then I needed help assembling all the releases. And, and uh, it just, I'm not a businessman, never have been. April has a real good head on her shoulders, and she's done really well at helping me, mm -hmm. really well. <laughs> a friend of mine uh, in Rexburg was letting me use one of their little uh, real small mills and I decided I'd start shooting archery again and all there was was the same old junk out there that had been there forever for releases and none of them were any good and so I went went down there 
New Year's Eve in the afternoon, and uh, I invented uh, one of the first double seer releases that's ever been. And it was, you know, half ounce trigger, no movement, and I worked straight through all night making that release. And I showed it to uh, a friend of mine, D. Wild. And from then on, we just started building releases. Mm. Yeah, you got to strike when the iron's hot and the idea, the juice is flowing, sleep can. Matthews Incorporated out of Sparta, Wisconsin. My go-to is a Phase 4 29. That's what I'll be using for the 2023 fall elk season just around the corner. If you're a little bit longer draw, check out the 33. Vortex Optics. Get your optics online and save some loot. Eurooptic.com. Discount code ELK10. Takes 10% off. Onyx Hunt. Elite membership. All 50 states. Do your e-scouting. Get your 3D. Add your waypoints. Run your tracking. Drop a pin when you drop your bull discount code elk shape takes 20 percent off kufaru international running the tactical or the duplex light frame with the hoodlum or bedlam if you see me at a total archery challenge i'll probably run in the kufaru hip quiver made in the usa and i stand behind as the best frame on the market MagView gear made in america lifetime warranty no phone case access to all three cameras on your iphone or android discount code elk shape 10 percent off they also make attachments for binoculars so that you can do digiscoping proper wilderness athlete new discount code we have several elk shape stacks click the link in the show notes discount code elk shape 2023 crispy boots probably the new fancy boot of the year is the brickstall mountain gtx i got a lot of miles with that it's going to be my starter for the all-around mountain very light flex rating of a three or four somewhere in there super dependable all synthetic very breathable if you're not sure you can always drop down to laponia twos i stand behind them buck knives the alpha scout the alpha hunter the pack light options, all those are in my kill kit. Check it out, Buck since 1902. Stealth cam, cellular and non-cellular, 20% off. Use the discount code ElkShape20. Run that camera on 4K. 10% off discount code is ElkShape10. You can get multiple cams or just run one. You can choose several plans and be on your way getting transmissions. The new Deceptor has that on-demand mode, so you can hit a button and get a photo from your camera right on demand. It's pretty sick. Check it out. Marsupial, I'm running the Bino Harness. 10x42s got the rangefinder pouch and pocket made out of arizona jim's a good buddy of mine i think it's the best bino harness on the market new to you guys but not new to me born primitive they've been making workout gear in the crossfit scene and fitness space for a long time they have a military background they also hired aaron snyder to consult to make their outdoor line and i've been running it well for the last six months behind the scenes i had all the samples i'm committed i'm going for it so i am running born primitive click the link in the show notes to see what lineups i run not only on the workout side of things but also in the field it's pretty exciting for me to see a big fitness company get into the hunting space and i want to support them vacuum e-bikes discount code elk shape takes 300 off and of course if you are buying gear discount code elk shape 10 off at blackovis.com back to the podcast i i know there's companies out there that patent everything from an eyelash to to a hangnail and uh, i have gone the patent route on what two releases and it's just I found out that I was just working for the lawyer, and and yeah, I would rather. My theory of, of business is to obsolete myself. When somebody copies me, and I just have another idea in my head, and I just obsolete what I just had. 
Mm. So where a, a patent is good, I guess, is is when you decide to sell your business. Yep, it protects I, that or whatever. And I just I never considered selling my business because uh, I th- figured I had my son that would probably take over for me. Or, and I'm going to live well till I get all my releases done. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that'll be. Yeah, so speaking of the direction of the company, um, with Forrest being in Iowa, um, you still want to keep the in the family and have the family-owned and operated business? Day-to-day, yes yeah. and no. Yeah. <laughs> Some of those things are out of our control, obviously. Um, but going back to that January New Year's Eve story in patents, I think patents make sense in a lot of instances, Jerry, but I also have never heard anyone stand up here in a business like yours that could probably, if patents are probably really important, yeah. someone tell me. How much would a patent on the wrist strap be? Exactly. How much would a patent be on the adjusto trigger? Exactly. It would add up. But you're, you're like, I, I'm so good at what I do, I'll just make it even better. I'll just make it even better. And to me... That's the theme of this podcast is to never settle and to trust that you can make something even better. Uh, I did not see that coming. That's pretty interesting, Jerry. That's a great philosophy. Speaking of patents, there's a patent on this new release from Stan. It's got a thumb button with a click. Have you seen that yet? Oh, hell, I made that for, uh, oh, how many years ago did we make that for uh, Schaub, David Schaub? I made that. I even made one with a a uh, barrel in it. You just give the barrel a spin, and sometimes it would shoot, and sometimes it wouldn't shoot. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I want that one. <laughs> well, it it makes you wait. We also made the electronic one. You're kidding? Oh no! It had a a, uh, a delay, an adjustable delay, and an adjustable random. So you draw back to full draw, squeeze the trigger, and it would go off between two and four seconds on the delay. And on the random, you wouldn't be able to get used to it going off between two and four seconds because maybe one would be three seconds and the other would be four or five. So it would get you used to waiting for the shot. We made that for a few years. It was called the exit X. IT and uh, a friend of mine Ed Horn was kind of partners on it we would send off and get the, all of the electronics and then I'd put it in the release mm. one thing that's unique about your company that I've learned today I've had a good day this has been fun to get to know you guys is number one where you live I love your house I love your view uh, you guys are horse people my dad's a horse person him and his wife y'all are crazy that's a lot of work. How many horses you got? I don't have any. Oh, uh, good answer. A- April has 18. 18, okay. They're, yeah, they're... my dad has none, but his wife has five, so I get that. Um, you guys would hit it off, by the way. But uh, the fact that you're, you're – I'm expecting a bigger machine shop, to be quite honest. Uh, I walk in there, and um, what's the gal's name? Is it Bobby? Bo- Bonnie. Bonnie. She's wonderful. Glue of the company – I, knew, I mean, I recognize talent when I see it, and she was pure gold. 
Um, and so I just I got the idea like, okay, this is a very intimate, small, family-owned and operated business. And then I find out that one of your head guys, you're putting them up in a house right next to the shop. And then Davey, the guy I'm working with, you're taking care of your employees like people used to. What's happened to businesses like that? Like, uh, is that just something you guys have always done? Oh, I think that, uh, yeah, we'd have. But I think uh, the reason you don't have a lot of other people doing that is because of the greed. And a lot of times you'll train an employee and get them so they can actually make you money. And they go do their own thing. Yep, I've had that happen a lot in my life. So... But we've got a real good crew now. Our our two Vietnamese, Stephen and Kent, they uh, they've been with us 23 years. That's some longevity. And they they're both really good. They I ride a, a electric quad. I ride it 55 miles every day, and that's a lot of pedaling, and. I've worn them out. I put over ten thousand miles a year on them, so we've <laughs> jump on our new lathe in there and make axles and all kinds of stuff for them. You're sure you're not an engineer? No, not me. Uh-huh. I even made bits for horses. You did? I have a bit that just knock your socks off. It. Well, not mine, but my father, my father and his wife. Yeah, oh, they would. You'd like it too. It's. <laughs> it's a bit that, you know, the shanks are always welded on and stuff like that. Well, these have holes in it, and it's adjustable, the angle of the shank. So you can start a young one on with no uh, leverage on it. And as you get them trained, you can move it down so you have a leverage like a severe bit. Then mm. I made different mouthpieces, and all of that's adjustable. And then I couldn't find the bit holder I wanted, so... I got some leather stuff, and I started making some bit holders. I've done a lot of things. I wish I had a brain like that where, well, if I want to make something like that, I'll just make it myself how I want it. That's truly remarkable. Yeah, but your your employees and, and the business and all that, it's just really it's special to see what you guys have created. Uh, wow, I, mean, I just – that was probably my, my highlight today was to find out Davey lives right there. And is it Seth? What's or Stefan? He lived right there, and just good people and um, incredible. And then you you have more releases in your head. <laughs> that's that's exciting. Yes, I do. And yep. uh, my biggest takeaway was yeah, one or two points on a tune bow, but ten points on a release. I'm not gonna forget that. I think that's pretty cool. And you you sold me. I'm gonna spend some time with that new uh, whisper. Too, I think that's going to be the ticket. Uh, and thank you for letting me be one of the first to try it out. We'll make some good content about that. Speaking of content, you don't buy ads in magazines anymore. Do you guys still buy ads? Inside Archery, God and bless those probably folks. Probably the finally... one in Australia. No, no more. How many Inside Archery's covers have you guys been on? None. In? None. Grand total of none. Haters. Well. I don't have a relationship with magazines anymore, so I can be the truthful friend. Ain't nobody reading magazines anymore. Um, I used to write for Bowhunter Magazine. Uh, rest in peace, Dwight Shue. He gave me my first start in the industry back in 2006. I like Dwight. He's gold. 
pure gold human and he's he was so into fitness and I really wasn't a very good bow hunter or archer yet but I had a passion for it and I was a very good strength and conditioning coach so he gave me an opportunity to write for them and that really blossomed into some other things in the industry but the industry has changed to this new digital era which has afforded me an opportunity to come hang out with Jerry Carter and April Carter and <laughs> see their f facility and make a YouTube video that's going to get a lot of views and to make some social media stuff. What's that like from your lens, seeing how marketing has changed over the years? I hate marketing. <laughs> 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 uh, they can make a sow's ear sound like a silk purse. And, and you, I see what they've done. And yeah, I did that 20 years ago. And it it's all right, and then they patented it. I had a guy call me up and tell me I was infringing on his patent, so I sent him a, a dated digital document that I had of when I had invented it and when I stopped making it. He said, well, "Okay, good." So yeah. Now, you've invented a lot of stuff. You've been a key fixture in the archery community. What do you want to – I want to finish this podcast with this. Like, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind, Jerry? Like, what – like, I know that stuff matters to me. I'm convinced it's got to matter to you. What kind of legacy are you hoping to leave behind? What I hope to leave behind is to make everybody a better archer, to make them as good as they possibly can be. When people look at my releases, I don't know if they see art in that, but that's art to me. I have a very good friend that's a wildlife artist, and uh, I told the lady one time in the store, I said, that, that's Clark Kelly Price. We used to make bows together when we were in, in uh, grade school, and he's a very famous artist. And she says, well, why aren't you? And I said, I am. This is my art. And uh, I, I'd like to make people a better archer. I do make them a better shot. I think you're doing that, man. That's <laughs> awesome. I want to thank you for your time. It's my pleasure. Uh, pleasure to finally meet you face-to-face. -face. Uh, I've known about you for a long time. April, The Heartbeat. Uh, what's the website people should check out? CarterEnterprises.com. I'm assuming you guys are on social media as well. Uh, I'll leave links in the show notes of their website, how to get your hands on that new Whisper 2, and how to follow them on Instagram. And someday soon, they're going to make their own YouTube channel if uh, if I do my part and convince them guys to make some more content with me. And uh, guys, remember, separation is in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one. Hope you guys enjoyed the pod with Jerry. I want to thank his wife, April, and the entire family at Carter Enterprises for allowing us to, to get down there and to literally film behind the scenes of Carter Enterprises. I haven't seen a lot of that kind of content on YouTube. I feel like we're one of the first ones to get in there and, and really show you how they make their stuff, how they do their customer service, and uh, really the insides of their Archer releases, how they're made, how to clean them out, maintain them, repair them, whatever you need. And guys, Archer Elk season's just around the corner. Stay on your grind. you got a lot of options when it comes to podcasts. Thanks for choosing us. Separations in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one.